Uh, who knows what's happening on Friday? What's Friday? Oh, good. The women know. Valentine's Day, of course. There you go, guys. Heads up. Reminder. Valentine's Day, celebration of love. You know, it's like the new movies coming out about love, the new songs, new love songs. Uh, we were on the cruise uh, this week. It was a fantastic time. Thanks to my parents who uh, took us on that. It was one of the, one of the greatest uh, gifts you could give. It was pretty sweet. Uh, and we were on this cruise, and, you know, it's, it's interesting. You come back to your room at night, and the, and, the, and the guys who had been taking care of our cleaning our room had left this towel, and it was in the shape of a heart. And then in that towel was another towel. It was shaped like two little lovebirds in a nest. And I was like, oh, you know, it's really sweet. That's, that's pretty cool. But then tucked underneath that was a piece of paper that said, you know, um, um, show her that you love her, right? It's this thing. And then the picture of diamonds, right? Like buy her diamonds. And, and they're on sale this week on the boat. It was this kind of idea, right? It's like, I was like, oh yeah. And, then, and then under that one, there was another one, something about one of the days, like, if you're going to be, at, and I think they announced it. Well, it came Fellas, while you're at the football game watching Peyton get his butt handed to him, you could send your wife to um, have a spa treatment, only $199. Show her how much you love her and send her to the spa. And I was like, man, if it was only that easy, if I could just buy love, man, it would be simple, wouldn't it? You know, if some of you guys, like, you're with me in this. If you could just, you know, give your wife something on Valentine's Day once a year and that would do it for the, for the thing, you'd be like, sweet, you know, I'll just give her chocolates and a rose. And it's like, done, right? She knows I love her. How many of you know that doesn't work? How many of you learned that the hard way? Why? Because, because you can't buy love. You just can't do it. Uh, one of the things on the cruise, there are some songs. And I want to I ask you this morning, as we take a look at kind of our love lives, uh, and it's PG-rated, it's all good, but we're going to take a look at our love lives this morning, and um, we're going to get back into Ephesians next week. But there was two songs I heard on the cruise that I thought, you know, a pretty good comparison to maybe how, how our love lives could be. Uh, and, uh, you know, our love with the Lord, our love relationship with our spouse, our love relationship with our children, our love relationship with friends and those close to us. Uh, I got two songs for you. If you know them, sing along with me. It's uh, Kingsway Karaoke. Here we go. It goes, ole, 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 ole. No, that's the wrong one. I always do the wrong one. After that, how does that go? Terrible. Anyways, the second part goes, feeling hot, hot, hot. You know that part? Sing with me. Feeling hot, hot, hot. Yeah. So, one song. Huh? Do the conga line. After church, we're going to do a Kingsway conga line. Feeling hot, hot, hot. Or is it more like this? The Righteous Brothers who say, You lost that love and feeling Oh, oh, that love and feeling. You lost that love and feeling. Now it's gone, gone, gone. Oh. And I'm a righteous brother right here. Um, but, but there's these two songs. Which in your relationships, as we look today, how do I look at my relationships with God, my relationship with others, my relationship with my spouse? Which one of those two better defines what my, what my love life looks like? And it's good to be reminded about it. It's good that we have a day every year that just kind of reminds us to take a look at, at our love life. But there's um, something that we, you know, it's good even to be reminded more regularly about it. And Jesus talked a lot about it too. And that's what I want to just uh, share this morning. In Mark chapter 12, if you just want to flip over there, give you some time. It's in the New Testament, second book. It'll be on the screen, but um, it's good if you have your Bible. You can see what I'm telling you is true. You can put anything on that screen. Mark chapter 12, it says this in verse... Um, Verse 30, 
uh, verse 29. It says, Jesus replied, the most important commandment is this. Because these guys have been asking him, Jesus, if we're going to do the commandments, if we're going to keep the law, which one is the one we really should keep? And he said, this is the one. He says, it's the, the most important commandment is this. Listen, O Israel, the Lord our God is the one and only Lord. You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your uh, mind, with all your strength. And the second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment is greater than these. He's not talking options. He's talking this commandment of loving God with all. Uh, and then in, Roman, uh, in Revelation, you know, as he reminded them of this, this is what's most important is loving God with all and loving others. Uh, in in um, Revelation, after Jesus had left the planet, it was a few years later, the church had started and was, was all over the place. He sent a letter to the churches. Uh, it says through the angels, he sent uh, 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 this letter and through John who wrote it, he said to the churches in um, Ephesians, we've, we've seen this so many times before. We said, hey, you know what? You guys are doing great as a church, but you've lost your first love. Yeah, you guys are doing, you're doing good stuff, but, but the love's missing. You know, the routines are there, but love is missing. Then he says to the um, Laodicean church, he's like, hey, you guys, you're not even hot or cold. You know, I can't sing any song about you. You're just lukewarm. He's like, you know, you, you're a church, yeah, but you're missing something. You're not hot. And, and so I realized, you know, as, as he wrote to the other ones, it was a lot of this stuff about, you know, com commemorating the ones who were uh, keeping the relationship real. And for those who are just getting kind of into the routine of church to say, it's more than that. The relationship with me is what I, what I care about. You know, falling in love, that was easy, wasn't it? No? How many of you tried really, really hard to fall in love? It, it didn't take that much. You know, you're at a place, you see her across the room, your eyes meet, you're like, whoa, she digs me, all right, you know? You're like, I'm gonna go talk to her. And you go and you talk to her, and, and it's like, wow, she's really cool. She's even like, she's even cooler close up. And, and then you talk to her a little bit, and you're like, yeah, I wanna hang out sometime. And sure enough, you hang out sometime, and then you hang out a lot of time, and then you're talking, and you're like, wow, this girl, like, she's amazing. Or that guy, like, he's just awesome. I just, I'm in love, and... You start feeling things even. It wasn't really difficult to, um, to get to that place. Uh, and then chemistry. You know, you got this chemistry with this person that's just unbelievable. We just click and we connect. And, and then, you know, it's actually true that biologically something is happening to you. There's these hormones in your body called cortisol, testosterone, oxytocin. They start flowing at higher levels. And you actually feel like you're in love. It's like that spine tingling, heart racing. You just hear their name. It's like, oh, I just feel so in love. Remember that? Been married too long? <laughs> but, but it's not just that you can have love for someone. You can have love for things even. It's crazy how this works. It's crazy how that, that's, that attraction factor can happen. You, you know, sometimes ladies, like you, you get a new house, you just renovate a room, like a kitchen in your house, like we did, and all of a sudden there's all these things that you need. You know, it's like as you go through your house, like, oh, wow. You know, you walk to, you know, through Ikea or, or uh, Leon's, you're like, oh, I need that couch. And you know what? I need that couch too. Oh, I'm so in love. I don't know which one to choose. I choose both. One's for the basement, one's for upstairs. You know, and, and your husband's there with you like, you know, we should look at TVs. And you're like, okay, you can have like a 20-inch TV, but we need that 40-inch mirror for the front entrance, right? Because you're like, ah, uh, just falling in love with these things. It's like, oh man, it's going to be so awesome. You spend five grand, go home, and it's awesome for a little bit. And you're like, oh, you know, I don't like the way that mirror makes me look. Guy, same deal. You know, that new bike, that new car, you're sitting in there trying it out. And you're like, oh, I love the way it makes me feel. That minivan, wow, man, feel like a, 
feel like a woman. You know, it's, uh, it, it's, it, it's, it's, but it makes you feel something. And you're like, I love that feeling. I'm going to buy it. And I'm going to have this feeling forever. It was easy. You know, it can happen with church too. You come to church like, wow, that church is awesome. I love those people. They have free coffee. Can you believe it? Come on, come with, come with me, man. Coffee, forget Tim Hortons. We're going to Kingsway Church. Let's have coffee. Listen to that guy and then we'll leave. Uh, it's like, or, or you get there like, man, I can't believe there's this many nice people in one place. I, I just love this place. It's really easy to kind of fall in love with the church. Same thing with God. Do you remember what it was like that first time that you realized that you actually were forgiven? You know that guilt feeling of just like, oh man, God, I, how could you possibly love me? I am a screw-up of all screw-ups. And he's like, I love you. I, I, I love you. There's no, you don't have to do anything. I love you. And so when the lights click on, you're like, I'm loved. I'm forgiven. I'm accepted. He's actually interested in me. I have purpose in my life. I've got, there's a reason why I'm alive. And it's like, wow, God, you're incredible. And it's easy to begin to sing songs like, how great is our God. Come on, sing with me. How great is our, no, I'm just saying that's part of the lines. Um, but thanks for that. Um, but you say, how great is our God. And it's like, you meant it. How is it that it can so easily go to, oh, how great is our God. How many times are they going to sing, how great God, that's so 1998. How great, how great is our God? You know, it used to be like you'd be have tears running down your face as you're singing this song. There's like the emotions of you could feel the love for God. You know, you'd be crying during the messages sometimes, and not because they were bad. It was God was like talking to you. You're like, man, I, I feel this stuff. You're like, wow, how is it that that can change so quick? It can change. It can happen in all of our relationships. This is why I want to talk about this morning. You know falling in love was easy. Staying in love takes some real work. Takes some effort. I'm like, oh, I don't want to do work. Come on, it's Sunday. I got to work on Sunday, so do you. All right, so it's, it's this idea of, of effort and thinking about it because love can grow cold. You know, I've been talking about your heart where stuff grows in there. What you put in your heart, it grows. Love can do the opposite. It can grow cold. It's like a fire that dies down. It's like when you get married, it's like the honeymoon um, ends at some point. And it's like you don't have the feelings of love anymore in your relationship. And you're like, you know, it's like what used to be like, I want to be close to you, turns into like, I want my space. I just need my space. I need my closet. I need, you know, my side of the driveway. I need my, uh, you know, my clothes should be in this spot. I, I don't want my money. My, 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 my. It's like, oh my, oh my, oh my. How did it happen? For I will do anything for you to my, my, my. What happened? Did she change that much? No. No, it's something changes. The love grows cold. It's like the opposites attract, and then they attack each other. It's like what you so loved about that person now drives you nuts. It's like he's, he's so spontaneous. And then after you're married for a while, he's like, oh, he's so irresponsible. She's like, oh, she is so organized. And then after it's like, she's so controlling. Did she change? No. What happened? Love's growing cold. Love's dying. If you look at that, you begin to start realizing, you know, I see the way they really are. This isn't the person I married. It it probably is because people don't change quite as drastically as we think they do. That is who you married, but was masked under a whole lot of feelings of love. So yeah, you know, the dating people, seriously, get this one figured out. Because uh, afterwards, you can't go back. Uh, this idea of look through the feelings to see what, who you're really dating. What are they? Because, you know, when the feelings wear away, there's something still there that you, you get to live with for the rest of your life. And for some of us, it's great. For some of you, I, I see you in my office. I know. So, um, but it's, it's this idea of realizing that, that there's something more there. 
um, you begin to start fault-finding. If you find yourself in your, in your love life fault-finding, just focused on the negative in, in your spouse or in your friends, uh, even in God, it will destroy that relationship. You're like, how can it happen with God? It happens like this. Things, if you hear yourself saying things like this, I just don't feel his presence anymore. He's not answering my prayers the way I want him to. You know, it's, you begin focusing on what God hasn't done in your life, and we so quickly forget everything that he has done. That's something that we need to remind ourselves of, because what has God done? You know, take a breath, just real quick. <sighs> Do you realize that was a gift? Wait, I take thousands of those every day, never thought that was a gift. But it is. Life is a gift that he's given us. Do you realize that, you know, waking up and having a home, having food, having clothes, being able to see, being able to hear, being able to speak, that's a gift that he gave you and your wife. You know, the, those, those things of, those are gifts that God's given you. Things that you say, you know, so often we take for granted the freedom that we have to serve him. It's a gift from him. Do you realize that he actually did give his son to die for you? To die for me? As I began to think about that, how does it not motivate me to just praise and worship and celebrate him? Well, when love grows cold, that's the indicator. If you can hear the thought that someone gave their life for you and it doesn't ignite something inside of you, love's growing cold. And I want to encourage you this morning to take a look at your love life and say, what, where is it at and what can I, what can I do about it? I've got three things I want to I leave with you. You know, you, the choice is yours. You can let love grow cold or you can say, no, this is my fire and I'm going to do something about it. If you leave a fire, what happens? It burns out or it burns down a forest, uh, one of the two. But for today, it burns out. Uh, if you leave it alone, it, it, it's this idea of taking some effort to keep it hot. Three things we can learn. Number one, learn how to burn hot. Learn how to burn hot when you, when you have opportunities. In Mark chapter 12, verse 30 and 31, it's just talking about this love for God. Learn how to burn hot for God, to have the, that um, hot, 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 kind of relationship with him. Um, Jesus explained in that day to those people how to love God. He said, this is how you love God. Love God with all your heart. Love God with all your soul, with all your mind. Why does he say with all your heart? If you've been around for the last few weeks, you realize that heart matters. Last week, if you're giving, it's about what's, where, what's happening in your heart. What we talked about before, um, what are you sowing into your heart? What's growing in your heart? He's, he's saying, love God with all your heart. And he said, it's a command. How can you command someone to feel something? See, love's not a feeling. And Jesus can, can't command you to say, I command you to love, you know, your spouse. I command you to have feelings of love for, you know, uh, God. I command you to have feelings of love for Tim Hortons. I can't command those feelings to happen. But Jesus is commanding us to do something. You're like, ah, oh, I don't really feel it. He's, feelings are not part of the, the equation when it comes to love. It's not even about just receiving love. It's this idea of giving love. It's this idea of, of, you know, as a child, you know when you're a child and you go to the fridge and you open it up, it's full of food, you know you're loved because mom and dad decide they're going to feed you this week. You're like, I know I'm loved. As an adult, love looks more like the opposite. Love looks like I'm the adult who's going to go and fill the refrigerator so my child has food. I'm going to do something to show that there's, that because there's love there. He's saying this idea of love, but do it on purpose. Don't do it just based on feelings and a response to, well, I feel like it, I'm going to do it. Do it on purpose. Love him that way. He's saying love God that way, but then not just loving him with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Then he says, too, he takes that one step further and says, love others, too. On purpose, love others. Show that love. How is your heart relationship, you know, your love relationship with God and with others? How are you doing with all? Loving God with all. What's it looking like? You know, we have a choice 
in that. How do you love God with your heart, soul, mind, and strength? Well, with your heart, you guard it. You know, you, you sow into it, his word. You give the chance to allow that to, to be what's um, directing your life. You know, with your soul, letting your emotions and your, and your compassion and, and, and being compassionate about what God's compassionate about, letting it, letting it affect you. Letting the fact that, you know, around our, our um, uh, just this little building in this area, there are thousands of people who don't know Jesus. There are hundreds of them that you see regularly, and there are a few that you are actually in their life enough that you could talk to them about the things that really matter. Does it, does it motivate you? Does it grab you? Because I'll be honest, it doesn't always grab me. But I realize it's an indicator of love growing cold. It says, you know, your mind, renew it. Keep your mind on him with your strength, physical actions, or just even keeping your body holy. How can you love God with these things? Turn to uh, 1 Corinthians 13. It's the love chapter. Guys writing a card this week, you can uh, live this. <laughs> Verse 4, love is patient and kind. Love's not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It says it does not demand its own way. It's not irritable. Keeps no record of being wrong. Doesn't rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever truth wins out. Love never gives up and never loses faith. It's always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. You know, you often hear this um, verse at weddings, but it wasn't written for weddings. It was written actually for a church to learn how to live and do ministry together. It was written for this idea of love one another, and this is what it, this is what it looks like. It's actually a description of God as well, because the Bible says that God is love. And so it says God is patient. Thank goodness. God is kind. Huh. He's not jealous. He's not proud. He's not rude. He's not self-seeking. He's love personified. And it says that the Holy Spirit in Romans chapter 5, it says that that same love of God has been poured out, shed abroad in our hearts. And you can love like that as well. And he's saying this, this thing, but this love is not based on, well, I feel like it. It's based on choice. You know, action kind of love. Love's patient when he's always late and dinner's ready. Love. Oh, I don't feel like it. I know. When you're ready to go and she's not ready yet. Five more minutes. Love. Kind. Honoring. Valuing. You know, and this happens in dating relationships too. You know, you're, you're seeing a girl and you're kind of interested in her, but then you date her once. You're like, oh, yeah, I'll call you. And then never do. Call her back. Kind. Honor. Value. Respect. Tell. Have this thing of this level for people that we value people. He's saying that's what love looks like. I don't feel like it. I know. It's not feelings. Not envious. Not needing something from them. Not deal making. When you start realizing in your marriage that you're making deals, well, I'll do that if you do this. Love's growing cold. There's this idea of love is, it, it doesn't look that way. It doesn't demand its own way. You know, it, if you've always got to be right, that means someone else has always got to be wrong. That's a, just a perfect um, recipe for disaster. If you've got to win, that means someone else always has to lose. You'll win, but you'll be pretty unhappy all by yourself. Love does not get irritated when she is always right. Amen, right ladies? Love keeps no record of wrong when he messes up one more time. You know, when she does, it's not this idea of I'm going to keep bringing up past things to, to load it on. Love forgives. How many of you always feel like forgiving? No, me neither. But love doesn't care about feelings because, you know, it's, you'll never feel like forgiving, but love forgives. It says this is the fuel that keeps love hot. This is, this is we say, in your marriage, in your, in your relationship with God, this is the idea of, of a love that keeps it hot. You see um, people that are happily married, uh, uh, they get it. 
it was interesting to travel with my parents for a week and, and kind of live with them again. Like, it was, it was strange, right? Like, you're eating dinner with them every night, and, but you see something. You see years of, of love um, uh, that's been modeled for us. And see, you know, it, what they started out, it continues on. It keeps on. And you see that. Do they always get it right? No. Do they get mad at each other? Sometimes. I won't point out any of the things that I saw while we were on the trip, but because they're here. But next week, oh, wow. You know, I know how to keep them coming every week now. <laughs> But, but, but you see it. And you know, it's a model to, to, to us to say, but God gives us that same idea of love like this. Number one, learn how to burn hot. The last two are quick. Number two, learn how to smolder. I think it's one of the biggest things that I see in our, relationship, uh, in our relationships, period. People don't learn how to just simply smolder. It's like it's easy to love when it's hot, 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 and everything's going great. And it's like, this is exactly how I thought it would be. It's completely different when the life you dreamed of isn't, panning out the way you thought. When the relationship that you're in isn't looking like you thought it did at the altar. It's sometimes people decide they're going to throw in the towel way too early. I had a picture of that. I don't know if it's up there. Never mind. It was this idea of Peyton uh, throwing in the towel, but they intercepted it. <laughs> so, but, but people, people often want to throw in the towel way too early. You know, I see it so often with with relationships, uh, as well as just with the relationship with God, you know, it's like, oh, I don't, I don't feel God anymore. I can't be real, whatever. And, and it's the thing of, you know, church, well, you guys were great until I found out that some of you are a little loopy. You know, I don't, I don't, I'm done with you guys. Um, it, it, ideas like that, it's so easy to just kind of toss in the towel. Uh, I thought, you know, about smoldering. I, I learned this lesson a while back. You know, a couple years ago, my brother-in-law went to the Philippines on a mission trip. And he left his wife home with the wood stove and had told her, this is how you get the fire going. And I went there the one day with, uh, with Beth and we were there and there was no fire in the wood stove at all. And Angie, she's like, she had the thing full of logs and ashes and no fire. And we're like, what's wrong? She's like, I don't know. I keep throwing logs in, but it just isn't burning. And I'm looking in there. I'm like, wow, in the bottom, there's a few little embers. Uh, but they have no chance of growing. The, 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 whatever that draft thing is, is that flu is closed. There's no air. There's no nothing going on in there. It's like, you know what? This is not how you do it. And she's like, okay, fine, Smarty Pants, show me. I'm like, I watched Survivor, I know. I pull out all the logs, I pull out all the ashes, I leave those embers there, and I start realizing, you need kindling. She's like, what's that? I'm like, oh, dear Lord. You know, it, it start, so never mind, I'll take care of it. An hour later, you know, with finally getting little pieces of wood in there, and get, that fire is roaring hot, and it's just realizing, you know, what, 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 what did it take? It took some patience and it took some effort and it took some continuum. I'm going to keep doing this until it gets there. Um, le- allowing it to smolder without just killing it and saying, you know, just whatever, throwing in the towel. What's it look like in our relationship with God? It's like, oh, you know, God's not answering my prayers or I don't feel like God's real anymore. And like, you know, I even prayed once. He didn't answer my prayer. Pfft. What is that? Throwing a log on? You know, I, in your relationship with your spouse, oh, you know, we're not doing too good. We went to counseling once. She didn't change. Pfft. Didn't work throw a log on. And you know, the thing is that there's times in our life, you know, even in the dreams that God puts in your life, you're like, you know what, God, I didn't think my life was going to be looking like this. I thought you gave me a dream of what, what life could be like, of what it could be. And you find yourself in a tough situation. Anybody ever been there? Find yourself in tough spots. You're like, wow, you know, it's not quite like I thought it was going to be. Smolder. Smolder. It's, you know, Joseph, I'm not going to go through the whole story this morning, but you can read it, Genesis um, 37 to 39. 
talks about the story of Joseph, a guy that God just gives him a dream for his life and says, you, you know, by serving me, I'm going to make you an incredible ruler. All your brothers are going to bow down to you. And he's like, yes, yeah, sweet. He's like, you know what? He goes and tells his brothers, dumb, what a knucklehead, right? He's like, hey, brothers, he's like the second youngest. He tells them all. He's like, yeah, yeah do you know you 10 guys are going to bow down to me someday? That's what God told me. And he's like, what? No way. He's like, yes, what do you think about that? Here, we'll show you. And throw him in a well. And then they sell him, right? They sell their own brother. You got to be thinking that as Joseph's there, he's like, you know what? This dream, God, you gave me didn't look like this. The bottom of the well and then being sold as a slave doesn't look like it. But what does he do? He just keeps smoldering. He's like, God, I'm just going to keep serving you. As you go through the story, you realize that he ends up being a slave in a rich man's house. He ends up going to prison for something he didn't do. Oh God, what about the dream now? Doesn't look quite like I, I did. He could have thrown in the towel at that point, but doesn't. He keeps saying, God, I'll be faithful. Ends up in prison, ends up as like, like the chief maggot in prison, you know, where he's over all the other prisoners. And, uh, and, then, and then he gets forgotten about in prison. And it's like, man, he, these guys were supposed to rescue him, but then they forget him and they leave him there. And the thought of, you know what, God, where are you? Throw in the towel, forget this. It doesn't matter, it doesn't work. But if you read the story long enough, and if you realize that you read it in a few chapters, but it was really years and years and years, just, um, Joseph, all through his life, just kept those embers there, realizing, you know what, I'm not burning hot for God right now. It's not there, but I'm going to keep fanning that flame. And it says in the very end of it, you see, Joseph, not only did he save his brothers from famine, he saved thousands and thousands of people all around the world because of the fact that he never let that go out. Some of you are in a really tough spot right now. You're going through probably the diff most difficult time of your life. Don't throw in the towel. Learn how to keep that. Learn to look and say, okay, maybe today's an indicator of my, my love relationship with God. I'm letting it grow cold. Just begin to fan those flames. Maybe your marriage is in that spot. You're like, you know what? Pff, I, pff, pff. That's all I can say. Pff. Check out, yeah, <laughs> Celsius. Um, checking out how, um, checking out that spot of his love growing cold. Making the choice to say it's my fire. Learn to feed your fire. Do you realize, husbands, it's not your wife's job to keep your relationship hot, hot, hot. It's yours. Wives, do you realize that it's not your husband's job to keep your relationship hot, hot, hot. It's yours. Your relationship with God, do you realize it's not his job to keep that thing going good. It's yours. That's why he says, sow those things into your heart. It's like he even just as you get into his word and just allowing that to, to light up on the inside of you, reminding yourself of who he is. Like I said earlier about the ocean and versus the swimming pool on a cruise purposefully reminding myself to take it in and be like, wow, God, you're awesome. How great is my God? Last thing, learn how to burn hot, learn how to smolder, and learn how to stay away from things that are going to put your fire out. In all relationships, there's things that are going to put that fire out. Um, thing I learned a while back is there's this thing called loss aversion. I said loss aversion last night, but it's loss aversion. Uh, this, good, they're still with me. This idea of, of the, the fact that it's actually psychologically more um, motivating for you uh, to, to fear losing something than it is to try gaining something. It's like a kid at a, at a fair who wins a balloon and, you know, it's like this helium balloon. They're like so excited that they won the balloon. There's a level of excitement and a level of feeling and emotion there. But you know what? There's a greater level when they let it go and it floats up into the sky. There's this, there's the idea of, um, you know, it, it, we love to win, but we hate to lose. Uh, and, and there's, there, the, say a lot of people have become rich not because they wanted to be rich because they didn't want to be poor saying I can run faster you know scared than you can angry is also true because there's this motivating motivating factor and, and it's the same thing for us that there's things in our life that sometimes we can we can look at 
and realize, you know, today you have a chance to just say, I'm going to take stock of my relationships with God and with others and where they're at. Take stock of my love life to see, you know, what, where is it at? Loss aversion is one of these good things to think about. What would it look like if I lost this? You know, because I see it so often, you know, with marriages that are at the end of the rope. That guy at that point would do anything to save his marriage. Anything. It's, you know, he's like, I'll do whatever it takes. And you start thinking, well, how come you didn't come to date night, you know? How come you didn't go to laugh your way to a better marriage? How come, you, how come you weren't serving with your wife at church? How come you weren't doing those things then? Because the fear of loss is all of a sudden this motivating factor to be like, oh, I'm going to lose it. I can't lose it. I never would have done it before. But I encourage you with this thought. If you think of the thought of what it could be like, it could, it's a motivating factor to say, I'm going to do. I'm going to do this. Um, you know, it's a good picture for, for all of our relationships in life. What would, what would my life be like if I... If I were to, you know, lose Beth, what would my life be like if I were to lose a relationship I have with my kids? What would life be like, you know, if I, if I lost the relationship with my, my parents, with my friends, with this church? What would it be like if this church lost its ability to be relevant and to matter and to be passionate about God and people? What would it look like? It inspires me to say, you know what, I'll do anything to keep it hot, hot, hot. I'll do anything. You know, as I, it was interesting, you know, as we traveled uh, this week, you get a chance to take a look back at life when you're out of the routines. You know, it's everybody's waiting on you hand and foot and you kind of get to, to look at life and go, you know what, you're right. There's certain things in my life that I need to change because, uh, you know, I haven't treated Beth in ways that I should have in certain things. There's things I look at with my kids. I'm watching videos of, Beth showing me videos of the kids uh, while we're on the thing. And where am I? Sitting in the background playing my iPad. I'm like, that's got to change, you know. I don't want those kind of memories. I want to be the dad who's like playing with his kids and, and, and investing in their lives. How's that happen? By choice, by changing by deciding, you know, this is what I want to do. I, I want to keep it hot. I realize that, that those relationships are mine to matter. Those fires are mine to put effort into. It's not this idea of talking about fear and saying, oh, you know, if you're going to lose it and fear motivated. Nothing like that at all. But even in Revelation, Jesus said to the churches there, he said, listen, heart matters to me. Keeping that, that love hot matters to me. If you don't keep it hot, I'm going to take your lampstand away. You're going to lose your influence. You're going to lose your light. You're going to lose that lampstand. There was this idea of loss. I don't want to lose it. God, I'll do anything. My question for you this morning is which, in, if you've got a chance just to think about some of them, and I, I pray Holy Spirit just drop them in your heart today, the ones that he's wanting to work with uh, you on. If it's with him, if it's with your spouse, if it's with your kids, whatever it might be, does your love life with them look hot, hot, hot? Or are you losing that love and feeling? The choice is yours. The choice is yours. Are you able to say, you know what, I'll do anything to not lose the relationship I have with my wife. I'll do whatever it takes not to lose the relationship I have with my kids. I'll do whatever it takes to keep that fire for God hot in my life. Let's pray. Father, I just want to say thank you for your word. I want to say thank you for your love for us. That because you loved us first, we can love you and others. This morning, I thank you for the chance to take stock of where we are. And Holy Spirit, I pray you'd speak to hearts, including mine this morning, of where we really are at. May this just be a motivating factor for us to, to continue pursuing you passionately, pursuing others. God, loving you and loving people and loving life. I, I pray that that love would be genuine, not, not feelings-based, but just shown in our lives the way we live. Thank you for that. Thank you that we're not doing this on our own. Holy Spirit, that you lead and direct us in that. That you give us the power to do it. Thank you for that. And I pray your blessing on, on marriages and lives uh, in this place as a result. 
May that people be able to look at us and say, wow, you know what, there really is something real in them. There's something real in, this, uh, in, in their lives. And we know it's you. May they see you through us. God's in your name we pray. Amen.